0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, February 22nd, 2021. And today we are reading from the big book. We're in chapter three, page 38, the third paragraph. Some of you are thinking, reading through just that one paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service. For the 12 steps, Mary G. 12 traditions, Joni C. And reading the text are Kathy S., Ken W.H., and Nancy P. And the newcomer greeter is Patricia C., and the host for the second hour is Russ M. And reading um, the reference number for Sunday, February 21st, 2021, special edition, is 16,446. That's 16446. OA Preamble. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Mary G. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, this is Mary G., grateful, recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food. we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. 10 continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through
3: prayer and
1: meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass.
0: Thank you, Mary G. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions.
4: Hi, this is Joni C. from Minnesota. Uh, The 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than approach promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before
0: personalities. Thanks. Thank you so much, Joni See, Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We're on page 38, the third paragraph. Some of you are thinking, reading just one paragraph, and I will ask Kathy S. to begin reading.
5: Good morning, Katie. Some of you, this is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Some of you are thinking, yes, what you tell us is true, but it doesn't fully apply. We admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellows did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well after what you have told us that such things cannot happen again. We have not lost everything in life through thinking, in life through drinking, and we certainly do not intend to. Thanks for the information. And God set aside everything I think I know about this moment, you and others, so that I can have an open mind and simply carry out your will, amen. So with this reading, the first red flag I see is the word thinking, and uh, as we know, it's the root of this disease. Um, yes, they agree uh, what you say is true, but not fully. And I use the same thing. Like Katie said, this is where I identified out. I mean, I binge, but I'm not morbidly obese. Not that this is overweight, anonymous. And then then they go on further and say, we admit we have some of these symptoms. Again, but, but, you know, like I'm not diabetic, which again is not a prerequisite. Yet my blood work was confusing. I was diagnosed with osteoporosis by the age of 40. So, you know, and then they go on to talk about we have not gone to some of those extremes. I've not lost everything in life. Yet I had those bedevilments like they describe on page 52. I had trouble with relationships. I was miserable, depressed, and full of fear and useless. And I didn't have the promises. I had nothing to answer. And solve my problems. Because I still had confidence in myself. The buts imply I still have a defense. They still do. You know? And, and, and it says, too, for we understand, again, more thinking. When I am still confident in myself and in my mind and my intentions, I'm not in surrender. I'm not in powerlessness. And that's the requirement for step one. Yet, as we know, this this disease is so progressive and persistent, and after enough experimentation and progression, I finally came to my defeat, and I barely believed in this program, and then I was ready. I got to the point where the only thing I knew about myself, the only self-knowledge I had, was that I was a real compulsive overeater, and I couldn't fix myself. I couldn't change that. I was powerless, and I came to a place of acceptance. And My now sponsor called me, at that moment and just said that after she prayed about it, she said, yes, Kathy, I'll sponsor you. I'll walk you through the steps. And I remember crying out to her. I was so beat down. And I said, I don't know how or what I need. And she responded, I don't either, but God does. And that began the first step of my new defense. We worked the steps together, and I'm truly thankful for it. Today, I can identify with everyone in this program about how I feel, how I process, think, and perceive how I used to turn to food, diets, and exercise for answers, and now to God in the steps. You know, I'm leaving for a week on a trip cross country in several time zones out of my routine into the unknown with my mother and sister who used to trigger me, but God is with me and so is my fellowship. This is what recovery is about, exploring, adventuring, and even if I lose my luggage, I have everything I need. I'm going to Hawaii, to paradise, with people I know and love. Sorry. (laughs) And I get to practice living the St. Francis prayer. Thank you, friend. And yes, it's a life beyond my wildest dreams, and I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy, and have a wonderful time. Okay, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And so who would like to share on the on page thirty-eight the third paragraph? Katie G from Boston. Kim Katie G. G. Kim G. Lisa. Layla. Layla? Chris M. Chris M. Johan M. Johan M.
6: Theresa P. Teresa P.
0: Leah S. Leah S. Okay, this is who I heard, and I feel like I heard, missed. I didn't hear a couple of people who were talking very softly, and someone with a baby is um, still unmuted. Okay, Katie G., Kim G., Layla, Chris M., Johan M., Teresa P., and Leah S. Did I miss anyone who said
7: their name? Okay, go ahead, please, Katie G. Thanks, KDF, for taking the
8: meeting. That's not my baby. I appreciate it. KDG, recovered Compulsive Eater. <laughs> you know, when I first came into Overeaters Anonymous, I was so focused on the weight. I was like, I've got to get thinner, you know, and I, I think it can be very common in our meetings to focus on, this is, get, this is fat Overeaters Anonymous. If you're not fat, you don't belong. Look, I've been 110 pounds. I need my seat here. I'm going to die if we treat this meeting like a confession for our symptoms. The symptoms are bad. I can't tell you how much I relate to that. Hypothalamic amenorrhea, osteopenia when I was 17, my teeth. I don't even know where to begin. That's that's devastating. You know, but what does this book teach me? What's more devastating is step two, what's the most insane thing I've ever done? I I can tell you, I used to. I used to say, I've taken Ipecac, I've done laxatives, I've exercised, blah, 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 like super exciting, right? No, the most insane thing I've ever done is in a state of stone cold accidents with the stories that I have and the history that I have that when I get into the ring with exercise, anorexia, bulimia, and compulsive eating, I always lose in a state of consciousness, of cognition, I put that food back in my mouth. And that is our common thing. Like we don't need to save the fat people in the world. We, we, that's not a symptom. That's not a prerequisite for being a member of Overears Anonymous. Um, you know, and I, and I love there's no such thing as into understanding If this was an emotional program where I just had to understand my issues, then why going to therapy year after year after year did I talk about my feelings and then get in the car and binge? Because I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, and my thinking is abnormal and adverse. You know, and one of my mentors says, you know, I had to go from yeah, but to yes, ma'am. And I don't mean that my sponsor controls me, but I mean that today, thank you, God, I'm in a state that when I'm not well in my thinking, I know that, and I call, and I say, tell me, help me what to do. Tell, huh, I can't even speak. Tell me, help me what to do. Um, tell me what to do because I need to be told because I need God to work through other people because otherwise it's the KDG show. Otherwise, I'm forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, and the ballet. So, if you're sitting here and you're saying, Yeah, but give up. You know, like the one thing I know about myself is everything I've done up to getting into OA didn't work, and all the fighting I did, did do in OA didn't work. Set it aside. The problem is my thinking. Please, God, help me not rely on my thinking, but to think your thoughts after you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie.
0: Okay. G and Kim G, you're up, followed by Layla.
2: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and I just love this line, we admit we have some of these symptoms, but we have not gone to the extremes you fellas did, nor are we likely to, for we understand ourselves so well. Now, this just reminds me of when I came into OA because my mother's in OA, and she's been in OA since I was 10 years old, and the food finally beat me into a state of reasonableness at 27. But in my arrogance, I thought, okay, I'm so much smarter than my mother. This is a 12-step program, 12-week and I'm out of here. And let me tell you, this um, this month I turned 54, so I have now been away for half my life. So that 12 week uh, 12 week and I'm out of here thing didn't work. And what we've heard in the prior shares is about you know it, this our consequences don't define us. But I also want to tell you that the consequences don't define how we work the program. There's not a different program if you're a 100-pounder. There's not a different program if you're anorexic. There's not a different program if you're a yo-yo dieter or you're bulimic. You know, this jaywalker story is all about the consequences. And the more dire it is, the more we think that we can still handle it. And I have to say, for I had to concede after 17 years in OA when I recovered 10 years ago, that when I said I worked the program of OA, I wasn't working a 12-step program. I was working a program of opinion and slogans. I was in a 12-step program working everything but the 12 steps. So what my program was, was share it or wear it. Meeting makers make it. Think the drink through. Remember my last drunk. Service is slimming. I have to avoid people, places, and things. I have to avoid my triggers. I can't get to halt hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And what this chapter tells me, especially Jim versus Fred, which we'll be studying shortly, is on the best day, I might pick up, and on the worst day, I might pick up. Why? Because what unites us is I have an allergy of the body and the mental twist. If it really is my circumstances, how many of us have eaten when we're happy? How many of us have eaten when we're sad? How many of us have eaten when we got fired from a job? How many of us have eaten when we got a promotion? when the breakup I eat, when the relationship is going well I eat. Why is that? Because what unites everyone on this line is the fact that I have this allergy to the body which means I can't reasonably predict what's gonna happen when I pick up certain substances and I have a mind that will tell me. The most beautiful definition I've ever heard of a compulsive overeater, which has nothing to do with the circumstances, is I am a compulsive overeater if I cannot eat my binge food safely and I cannot be and contently. And today I know that is my truth. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G. Okay, Layla, you're up followed by uh, Chris M.
9: Hi, this is Layla, uh, compulsive operator and uh, recovering. Um, Yeah, it was really good to hear the book book again, Um, just, uh, you know, trying to understand this whole idea of flour and sugar, and I just want to say thank you not to crosstalk about the last person who spoke, Um, you know, because in my mind, I'm not obese, I have a natural weight, Um, I used to be more, you know, 110 pounds when I was drinking and drugging, you know, but I became a mother, You know, and I just want to just be healthy again. You know, when I got into recovery, I was 130 pounds, and that was just great and enough, and I felt self-confident. So um, I haven't drunk for 18 years in uh, this year, and I know that I can. I can. I cannot pick up sugar and flour just for today, you know. It's three meals measured, turning it over, and um, not picking up one day at a time, you know. And I can go back to the first year of uh, my recovery where, you know, they say you put the drink down and you pick up, you know, eat as much cookie. Uh, sorry, sugar that you can't. You know, we don't do that anymore. I can't, you know, and I want to age healthy and not over-exercise. I've been putting all of my prayers, and it's working. You know, if I exercise five days a week out of seven days, that's enough. I don't have to exercise seven days a week and kill my body, you know. And uh, what I've come to realize is, you know, now that I don't have my family punishing me and I'm not a little girl living in my parents' house, I am the one punishing that little girl. You know, you haven't done this enough. You have to do this. You have to do this. If like an exercise for one hour. That's enough. It doesn't have to be two hours, you know. So just wanted to raise my hand and say that I am here and I'm recovering one day at a time and I don't have to pick up today. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being here. Okay. Next, we have Chris M. followed by Johan M.
10: Good morning. This is Chris M. And I am a recovered compulsive eater in New York. Um, yeah, so uh, I believe, like, this is our swan song, you know, for all of us who try to identify out of this program. Um, and I certainly was one of them. I came into the rooms in 1986. I was 23. After teenage and college years of... Um, restricting i i was married i was pregnant and i was started eating normal and i gained a lot of weight i gained like 60 pounds and um you know that brought me to the room um and i i I identified immediately with a lot of what was going on i liked the spiritual aspect i liked Oh, yeah, these people are basically about restricting, you know, dieting. It, it was the how program at the time, but I wasn't going to do the gray sheet because, you know, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do it my way. So I had a certain sense of relief in finding OA, and I identified with some of it, but it's the same thing. I was like, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, 100 pounds overweight. I don't have to work that hard. I don't have to work as hard as you people because, you know, I'm just different. And, um, but it, it's like the whole thing, like the, they say, um, an alcoholic or an addict is an egomaniac with a, um, inferiority complex. There are these two things operating at the same time. I was desperate to not be a slave to my food obsession. And my food addiction, because I knew that I was, was definitely addicted to um, sugar and flour. I knew I could not safely eat that. So while I'm desperate and I feel like I'm just dying inside and I hate my body, I'm also, on the other hand, saying, but I don't really need this. So it didn't make any sense, right? That's my, my, my thinking was all messed up. I want it, but I don't want it. And... Um, I lived like that in a program for 34 years, and I had some recovery, some physical recovery, some spiritual recovery, some emotional re- recovery, but I wasn't recovered. I wasn't living happy, joyous, and free. Um, I wasn't neutral around food. I wasn't um, living in 10, 11, and 12. I wasn't surrendering every day. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to accept that I belonged with all of you. And by the grace of God today, I accept it. I know it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm okay with it. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to, you know, live in 10, 11, and 12 uh, the best that I can. And um, and I'm just so grateful. But, yeah, that was my swan song. Eh, I don't Thanks, but I'm all right. Meanwhile, I'm dying inside. Um, but, anyway,
0: thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Chris M. Okay, Johan M. You're up, followed by Theresa P. Hi, this is uh, my name
3: is Johan M. I'm like Nancy, and I'm a recovered compulsive eating Sweden. Uh, thank you so much for service and for the share so far, and for the lead share. It was amazing, and uh, for this uh, great paragraph as well. Uh, this is the story of my life, you know, always telling myself that uh, I'm not gone that far. It's not that bad. Look at these people. They got real problems, not me. Uh, and that was the attitude that I kept even coming into Hawaii, taking lightly on this. Uh, I didn't have any excess weight when I came to Hawaii, uh, but I was insane. And I always thought the diets would fix. Would fix me, and when when I would be thin, everything would be lovely, and my life would be amazing, and and all that. Uh, but uh, getting thin, uh, I got even more insane, because trying to keep that weight, uh, just uh, yeah, got to the, I just got more and more, more and more in, in, insane, because the the trouble started in my mind, and that's that's where the problem is. So coming into OA, I took this lightly. I identified out. I uh, looked at other people, uh, and so I took this program lightly. I took. I didn't really put my food down. I uh, didn't really work the steps like I needed to. I. I didn't really surrender. I mean, that's that. So, uh, but the thing is that the food is the great persuader. So once again, the food. Uh, put me at my bottom and this time i was really at my bottom and coming back into a way then i was pure desperation for recovery and instead of looking at the differences that i did uh, before i was looking at the similarities i did surrender i started working the steps like my hair was on fire and through that i got a spiritual experience and the obsession was lifted which was was, a Great miracle. So uh, this program really works if I work it and I need to work it every day, step 10, 11, and 12 uh, to the best of my ability. And I need to, to continue to look at the similarities, not the differences. And today I see myself in everyone uh, here and, and everyone of the number of OA that I meet. And I'm so eternally grateful for this program, for great sponsorship within Norway, for the steps. And, a big book, and that there is a solution, and that it is possible to recover. And the data pass. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Johan M. Okay, Teresa P. It's your turn, followed by Leah S.
11: Hi, I'm Teresa P. I'm a recovered compulsive over-eater in California, and I'm so grateful to to be here. And it is always so wonderful to hear the big book. It just doesn't matter what paragraph it is, you know, I need it and it's wonderful. And uh I uh got into program uh, years ago and uh, I didn't get the gray sheet and uh I didn't get uh actually I didn't put the big book in my hand either. But I did hear one thing very clearly that I had a disease and I was so grateful for that. I was just so happy because I was truly desperate. I knew I was dying. I had been dying for years, and I knew it was the food. Well, I knew it was definitely the sugar. I just, I couldn't control any of it, and uh, and so that that helped me so much. And I was willing to get a sponsor, and uh, and she she gave me her food plan, which was three meals a day. No, 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 wasn't Yeah, three meals a day, no chocolate, no sugar. And, and so I was, you know, I was willing to do that. And I was willing to call her in the morning. And uh, it started there. And the journey began. And what I get to, got to keep doing was keep coming back and keep doing the best that I could with what I was, you know, with what I found in program. And uh, and it's been a journey. And I was blessed with abstinence right away, right away. Uh, And I was willing to put down the food. That was the whole point. I was willing to put down the food. And I put down the sugar. I put down the chocolate. I did the three meals a day. And God revealed more. And so what I got to do is just, you know, keep going and keep coming back to program. And, you know, God was working with me through the program. And um, I got that first 100 pounds off. Excuse me. I did not. I gave that first 100, almost 100 pounds to to God, and he's been taking care of it ever since, and more got revealed to me of other foods that I couldn't eat, and I got to give them away also, and it was just amazing how these things happened, because one of the things that was still on my, I gave up sugar, but uh, on holidays, I'd be eating pumpkin bread, and it didn't occur to me until several years in the program that the only thing that was read about pumpkin bread was the name, because it was sugar, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, then I got into another uh, the the how program and they had a food plan with all these things on it and then I found out that I was allergic to flour now I've been eating 10 biscuits and wondering what the problem was you know because I didn't understand I had never heard the the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind and when I'm reading the big book I did not read the first part you know read other parts and uh, But I was so grateful that it helped me so much. And, uh, and I actually got another,
5: I don't know, 20, Time, please. Pounds.
11: Oh, thank you. But when I got into vision, and I'll just wrap up with saying, got into vision and I heard about uh, allergy to body and obsession to mind. And that gave me the relief from the obsession and the total uh, racket in the mind.
0: So thank you for
11: letting me share in my past.
0: Thank you, Teresa P. And Leah S., you're up. And then we'll open it up for more shares. We're on page 38, the third paragraph. Some of you are thinking. So get ready after Leah S. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so
12: much. My name is Leah S., recovered in Brooklyn. Um, I'm going to go to, on page 38, the line before the last one such things cannot happen again. Oh, my goodness, am I in denial. I came in with denial. I came in actually completely broken. And um, until I could not understand the doctor's opinion that I do have allergic foods that I will not be able to eat again, and until I could not understand that this is, is something that is going to happen all the time, that I get it through your skull, layer that this is an allergic thing. This is a phenomenon that is happening to me. How many times are you going to hunky-dory around in your life? How many times are you going to be in denial about this entire thing about being overweight and feeling uncomfortable with yourself do you think these things are not going to happen a snowstorm will come and you will want to uh, go on that couch and binge your brains out or you want to or, or things are you know you're going to lose your job again and 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 it, you know things are going to come up but every time these things come up and you get out of it without thinking of the food, but thinking of others and thinking about what these 10, 11, and 12 steps are teaching me, you're going to feel the unbelievable. You cannot understand it at this time, Leah, because you're in it now. But once you get out of it, You will become a a, a completely different person, a person that is not obsessed with all this thing about food and food and food, and it's not going to come
0: up all the time. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, um, Leah S. Okay, so as I said, we're on page 38, the third paragraph, and although we value your experience, we ask that you Limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So, who would like to share? Linda D. B., Diane B.
7: Liz, Liz H- e Claire Linda. Okay. Okay.
0: Linda
6: Diane B.
7: Liz E. U. K. Okay,
0: let me tell you who I have. I have Linda D. Liz E. Claire E, Diane B. Who else? Diane C. Diane C. Okay.
7: Deborah V. Deborah
0: V. Sandy S. Sandy S. Okay, let's stop there. I have Linda D, Liz E, Claire E, Diane B, Diane C, Deborah V, and Sandy S.
7: Go ahead, please, Linda D. Star 1. Hi everybody. Oh, there you are. Hi. Yeah. Hi everybody. It's Linda D from Connecticut and I'm uh, wow, I'm so happy to be here. I'm I'm recovered a bit uh a few years and um wow. Uh what thrilling shares a whole range of I've been through all that stuff except the Hawaii stuff. Oh boy. Um the thing is okay. Today is new And um, it's new if I let it be because I came into the world with a disease and I didn't know it. I didn't know it for a long, long time. Now that I know it and I'm willing to admit it to myself each and every day, there's a payoff for that. The payoff is I have an adventure. It may not be to an exotic place yet, We hope so. You know, that'd be great. But if I do the work, if I do the steps, if I ask for help, if I plug into the idea of a sponsor who's going to guide, who knows what she is talking about, that sort of thing, that I'm going to find a surprise. Here's the surprise. God, I didn't want to hear the word, it's real, or he or she. I didn't want to use the word, so you use whatever word you want, the big uh, you know, your, the big question mark, because that's the one I use, the question mark. And I let this question mark show up through the experiences of going through all kinds of things in life with the help of the steps and all of you. It takes a tribe to help me. It did then. And it does now. I've been in OA half my life, 38 years. I'm recovered seven years. What is wrong with this picture? Nothing. It evolved, my life evolved exactly to where it is now. And it's in a wonderful place. And while doing the laundry today is not quite paradise, it's good enough. It's exactly where I need to be in my life. I don't have to be obsessed with food. What a relief! What a tremendous relief not to be nuts, really nuts not to be the uh the guy running in traffic the the um whatever he's called the guy running in traffic um because I identify with that. Every single day of my life. And I can do it now. I can obsess about anything. Food, anything. No. I want to stay right where I am, poised, listening to God. And I can hear God. And I know you can, too, if you practice these steps. Because God is the truth.
9: And the love.
7: And the love. And I pass. Thank you, Linda D.
0: Okay, Liz E, it's your turn, followed by Claire E.
13: Good morning. My name is Liz E for Elegant from the UK. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you very much to everybody doing service here today. Um, It's an amazing meeting. And just want to encourage anybody who's frightened to share I don't really know what I'm gonna share my higher power and God is gonna show me what to share Um, so what I what really stood out for me in this paragraph was so well after what you have told us such things cannot happen again we have not lost everything in life through drinking and we certainly do not intend to well I guess a few years ago, I kind of thought, well, you know, I'm very overweight, tick, but I haven't lost my house, I haven't lost this, I haven't lost that. But once I got into recovery, um, which uh, I've achieved a new level of recovery through Vision for You, um, and I'm so grateful for that, I've realized that I have my character defects. I've lost tons of things. But I just did not know, because, of course, I had to constantly remind myself and tell the story that I was justifying and how I convinced myself to justify, you know, purchasing vast quantities of food for a meal, for entertaining friends, for a picnic, anything. And I did not know that I had this illness i didn't know it was a thing that you could have i just thought i wasn't very good at dieting however much i tried i just thought i didn't have it i just didn't know i just didn't understand it i just thought you know this is it but now i'm doing the work every day i understand what i have lost And believe you me I've lost a lot I've lost a lot of relationships because I was just so dysfunctional Um, I was hundred percent focused on the food not the people I was hundred percent being D you know my motives basically throughout the day every 10 to 15 minutes where's the next piece of food coming from where's the next meal coming from where's the next everything was about food even if i'm driving from a to b a short distance a few miles to go to the supermarket or whatever it would it would entail stopping at least once or twice to buy something to eat because i needed to top up and of course i deserved to to have that little extra thing and then obviously when i was at the supermarket i'd buy lots of lovely things Time please. And I will leave it there. Thank you. Bye. Bye, bye, Liz. Thank
0: you. And Claire E, you're up, followed by Diane B.
14: Thank you so much, uh, everybody, and thank you, Casey, for your service and everyone that makes the meeting possible. My name is Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Um, Yeah, this paragraph. I, I I'm chuckling a bit to myself because the first line: "Some of you are thinking." You know, that probably sums up my entire problem in many ways. Um, <laughs> my thinking, you know, is, is you know, my problem in many ways. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, the physical allergy. So, you know, I have a physical problem, which means that when I put certain substances or do certain behaviours, I, I can't stop myself overeating. I can't stop myself wanting more. And if that was my only problem, of course, I wouldn't do it. But the main problem centers in my mind. So my mind is not going to think it, you know, fix it. I'm not going to think myself well. I tried to think myself well for years. Um, I'm reminded of when I went into treatment for the first time when I was 17. and I was very much in the throes of my anorexic phase with bulimia. And, you know, I went around in that treatment center for eight weeks with a notepad, taking notes, studying it um, and I went about it in the way I went about everything very intellectually trying to think my way around it trying to work it all out trying to put it in its place and you know what I've learned over the years (laughs) at depth is that understanding myself self-knowledge you know knowledge about this program knowledge about my defects in steps four or five six you know knowledge doesn't get me anywhere you know this is a complete and absolute experience that i have to have at at depth i have to know that i cannot think my way out of it control it it is bigger than i am and i have to surrender um and then going on to the bit where it says we haven't gone to the extremes you fellows did i mean i'm quite a low bottom compulsive eater bulimic i had gone to the extremes i think actually almost my ego was that i was worse than you lot i was gonna i was gonna be um Difficult. I was going to be the special case because I
7: Claire, we've lost you. We cannot hear you. Mm -hmm.
14: Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Go Mm -hmm. ahead. You have about a minute. Okay okay I'm not sure where I where I lost there but I I was talking about the extremes um that people went to and you know I was a person of extremes with food um I've had some very very uh just dreadful experiences with food dreadful things I've done around food some very humiliating um extreme behavior um but you know you don't have to go to those extremes nobody has to and it says in the book you know that the point of us sharing our experience and our pro, you know that, that that bit where my experience can help others is that you know if I can really plant that seed and in in identify with with someone who perhaps hasn't gone to those extremes maybe they won't need to maybe they will realize that that's what they have um and you know that was certainly the case to me is once OA was in my mind uh, the, the eating became a lot more painful <laughs> it was a lot more difficult to do what I was doing knowing that there was a solution and um yeah, I think that's it really. Um I'm, I said so self knowledge <laughs> dangerous area for me to go in. I will pass with that. Thank you so much. Thank you so
0: much. Okay, Diane B, you're up, followed by Diane C.
6: Good morning. <laughs> this is Diane B. in New Rochelle, New York. So happy to be here. Thank you everyone for your service. Um so this chat I'm sorry, this paragraph kind of reminds me of myself. When I entered the rooms in 1986, I never really identified in. I always compared myself, and I always felt superior because I had entered OA on the suggestion of my therapist who sent me here for group support after having lost a whole bunch of weight on a um, liquid diet. So um, I made friends, you know, and I all of a sudden I felt good. I made friends. I had boyfriends. I eventually met my husband in the program. But, I always felt superior to the people who were there because I didn't need to lose weight and I wasn't anorexic, so i didn't have a i didn't have to worry about that either um but it says here that um I'm sorry, oh that we understand ourselves, and I really thought that I did understand myself, and my definition of abstinence was you know three meals a day um or eat when I'm hungry and quit when I'm full, all the things that I had learned in therapy, that really didn't help me because I had a disease, although at the time I did not realize that I had this disease. Um, eventually I found myself in relapse, and then I came and I left. And when I came back, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in 2005, I was over three hundred pounds, and I was miserable. And then when I, so then when I came in, I found new meetings, different meetings to go to, ones where they actually did talk about a higher power and the spiritual basis of this program, and that helped me tremendously, and I found a sponsor who helped me identify trigger foods. Um, So my whole, my program really, really changed, and since then, of course, I've still had relapse, but now I'm recovered, and I feel so much better, and now I do identify, I do I do understand people who come into the rooms or who I meet in the rooms, and I identify with them in terms of what this disease really does to us. Um, And then the last sentence says, thank you for the information. One of my favorite expressions back in the day was, thank you for sharing. So somebody would say something to me or make a suggestion to me, and I didn't want to hear it, and I would just say, well, thank you for sharing, because I wasn't going to be rude and say i'm not interested or whatever but i would i would say thank you for sharing so that acknowledging that i heard them but then i was still going to do whatever i wanted to and i lived a lot of my life like that just you know hearing what people were saying but then doing whatever i wanted to and thankfully i found the higher power who has guided me and has led me to people who are in recovery led me to this meeting <clears throat> excuse me and um, led me to like-minded people um I have a great sponsor, I sponsor other people. It's all about um sharing the information, passing on the message and finally like I said, I now identify um I identify in with the people that I meet rather than compare myself and try to act superior. So, um thank you for your service and I'm so happy to have this meeting. I will um sorry. I pass.
0: Thank you, Diane B. Okay, Diane C., you're up, followed by Deborah V. And um, Sandy S., we may not have time for you, so um, if you could hold on for the second hour. Go ahead, please, Diane C. Hi, thank you. Hi,
15: this is Diane C. from Baltimore, Gratefully Recovered, and um, I joined the Parade of Diane's this morning. And um, in this paragraph, I am looking at the words understand and information. And they're really speaking to me. Um, Self-knowledge, surely this was the answer, self-knowledge in Bill's story. And Dr. Bob said that when Bill gave him information about the subject of alcoholism, it was undoubtedly helpful. Um, So information is good. Self-knowledge is good. Uh, My ideas are good. It says, though, on page 52 that my ideas did not work. And that's because all of these things rely on my self-will. I loved having a new plan, a new diet plan. As a chronic yo-yo dieter, embarking on a new plan would give me relief. And I felt like I was in control. And I was no longer desperate. So there I stopped because my will is finite. I had no idea coming into OA that recovery was offered, I didn't even know what recovery was. I did come to lose weight, it was a new plan, but thankfully, mercifully, I uh, was. Um, I met a, a sponsor, a recovered sponsor who guided me through the steps and encouraged me to keep pressing on and to keep following directions and to keep having faith in the program and the steps and in my higher power. And by relying on God's infinite power rather than information and knowledge and ideas, I did get to recovery, and it's, it's a whole new experience for me. And I do um, appreciate that the information and the knowledge and learning how the program works and being able to guide others through the steps is valuable, but that's, that's not where the answer is because that's not where the power is. And
0: with that, I'll pass. Thanks for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Diane. Okay, Deborah V, you're up. And if we have time, we'll have Sandy S.
16: Hi, Deborah V, recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Um, I like the, the, um, the phrase in the paragraph that says, such things could not happen again. And for me, my entire compulsive overeating history can be summed up in those words because I came into OA a year after I got sober, which is 34 years ago, and I've gotten a year of abstinence. So I've just kept doing the same thing over and over again, which is the definition of insanity. And I used OA for years like a diet plan. I would get physical recovery rather easily, and that was where I would begin and I would end. And the first couple words in this paragraph talk about our thinking, and for me, my thinking was completely impaired. I kept thinking that if I had the right weight, whatever that happened to be that year, that day, that month, that somehow I would be cured. And it took a lot Of work and a lot of time, and a lot of constantly, um, you know, in the circular logic of uh, insanity, or what I like to call little by slowly, to get to a place where I had to understand that my salvation was in these steps and that my physical recovery was only one piece of the Trinity that I needed to find, which was spiritual and emotional. And While my physical recovery today is stable and my spiritual recovery isn't always in progress, my emotional recovery is the piece that always takes me out. And it's something that I have to work on a lot. Um, You know, the underpinnings of my disease are are riddled in codependency and, um, you know, other things that I do that keep me um, not sane. So I come today to share just a little tidbit of what's happening for me because I often don't feel so worthy to share on this line. I feel like, you know, uh, I don't sound as good or I don't have this bibliography of facts about what pages on what what topics are on what page or whatever. And so I often feel intimidated. But this is my truth today, and I know that the only way that I get better is by giving it away. And it it keeps me immune. And I just have to remind myself that physical recovery is not the answer to everything today. It's just one piece of it. So with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Deborah V. And we have um, about a minute. Well, actually we don't. I'm sorry, we're down to the end. So I'm sorry, Sandy S. If you don't mind sticking around till after announcements, after the second hour starts, and we would be happy to hear you then. Okay, um, so thank you to everyone who shared today. Thank you to everyone who helped out on Team Monday this month for the month of February. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, February 22nd, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,449. That's 16449. And we will now close with the reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Ken W.H. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to be Suggestive Only?
4: Thank you, Katie. This is Ken W.H. from North Carolina, from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us,